So today's a Mother's Day, obviously, and it's, it's a day to honor our moms and to celebrate all that moms are to us, the gift that they are. Um, however, it is a hard day for many. It's always been a hard day for many. Um, there are things about Mother's Day that magnify certain aspects of loss or suffering that everybody goes through. There are people in our church community, many of you who have lost your mother recently. And this day amplifies your grief and it amplifies your loss. There are mothers who have lost their children. This day makes it very hard. There are marriages in crisis. There are parents estranged from their kids. Kids, grown kids, some of you who maybe haven't talked to your parents or you talked to your mother in a while. It's awkward. Maybe there was abuse. Maybe there was abandonment. So today it has a tendency to magnify whatever pain, whatever loss, whatever suffering we are going through, leaving us wrestling with feelings of discontentment, wrestling with feelings of self-pity perhaps, maybe anger at God, maybe with the thought that God, my life wasn't supposed to be like this. This wasn't how life was supposed to turn out for me. Camille has wrestled through some of those same feelings. Um, and so what we're going to do today is I'm going to interview her about her journey as a mom. And um, for those of you who, guys, who don't know her, Camille is um, one of the, man, just foundations of our church community. Her and her husband Scott and their son Ben, there's a photo of them. They've been with our church since, I think, 2015. I think they first visited in 2014, um, but it took a year for them to really start coming around. Um, Camille leads a women's group with Lisa Martinez at the moment. Uh, she serves in kids' ministry. She has just been a servant to so many in our church. She's one of the accountability partners for my wife. Um, her husband, Scott, has been one of our elders and board members for the last five years. He is a counselor, and uh, Camille is a nurse. Together, they love to care for people and serve people. Their son, Ben, is a rambunctious part of our kids' ministry. Uh, makes many of us smile. Uh, loves to explore this school building. Uh, is just a joy to have in our community. Um, Camille, can I just start by asking you why you decided to do this? Because you asked. <laughs> I did ask, I did, I did ask, I asked a few years ago, um, I think it was in response to a, an email that Camille sent after a sermon one day, she shared more of details of her story, and, and I think shortly after I said, hey, we'd love to interview you um, at some point about your journey, and I don't think you seemed too interested at that time. Um, but I asked again a couple months ago, and then I decided not to follow up, um, but you followed up with me. So was God kind of tugging on your heart about it? I think he was. Um, I have a lot of issues with fear, so I didn't, be, uh, I didn't want that to be the reason why I wouldn't share what he's done. So I want to put that away. Yeah. So that was why I went ahead and I'm here. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you are. I'm glad you are. Thank you. Um, I'm going to pray for our time together, but I just, Camille, th this is a scripture that you had included in, in, in that email a few years ago. 
from Psalm 139, you understand my thought from afar, you scrutinize my path and my lying down, and are intimately acquainted with all my ways, even before there is a word on my tongue. Behold, O Lord, you know it all. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Before I pray, Camille, what, what, what is the significance of that, of that passage as it relates to your story, looking back at your story? Do you remember why you sent, included that? It's, it's just been one of those um, parts in the Bible that's always been with me. So it always gives me comfort that he knew what was happening before I was even born, that he knew what we would go through, that um, he knows every hair. It's just as a great comfort. I go to 139 all the time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let me pray. Let me pray. Yeah, God, you know it all. You know every season of life we go through. You are not shocked by it. There is nothing that anyone here is going through that threw you for a loop. Camille's journey didn't throw you for a loop. You were not up in heaven saying, what do I do now? And you're not re reacting like that to any other person's difficulty or trial or journey. God, I pray that you would speak about yourself through Camille's journey and speak to any individual here who needs to be reminded that you're faithful, that you're sovereign, and that you redeem every ounce of brokenness. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Okay, Camille, so let's start with kind of chapter one, I'll call it, your journey of trying to be pregnant. You have always wanted to be a mom, right? Yes. And you and Scott got married in 1999? Uh, 2001. 2001, okay. Can you just hold that a little closer okay. here? Um, and you, your, your, your plan, your hope was to start immediately trying to get pregnant. Yes. And then... Scott wasn't exactly on the same page, huh? He wasn't. Um, he wanted to have two years, not sure where that came from, of just uh, coming together in our lifestyle. Um, I was 38, he was 43, so we had these whole lives that we lived before each other. So in theory, it's a really good idea. But, um, and I went along with it because I wanted to be a submissive wife. Um, but I think later on, I had reason to be angry and brought that up, thought about it. What would those two years been like had we not have waited? Yeah. Would it have made a difference? Yeah. Yeah, in theory, I mean, yeah. I, that was mine and Justice's plan as, as well, to, to, to have a little time to ourselves first. Um, so you started uh, about two years after you got married, trying to be pregnant, and, and what was that like? Um, well, we had a really serious talk in the kitchen, and Scott wasn't sure that he wanted to have a family. So that was really tough, um, and that was really hard and um, confusing. So we had to sort of get over that huge mountain yeah, and 
Did you? <laughs> we, we did. Um, we did because we started trying and eventually became pregnant. And, and then what happened? Uh, we had three miscarriages and I can't remember if it was 17 or 21 months. So they're all pretty close together. Wow. So in less than two years, three miscarriages. And then you started seeing specialists and... Yeah. Then we went to an infertility doctor and um, there's a whole timing with that, as some of you may know. So uh, that took about two years and nothing happened. Nothing. But you did get pregnant again, correct? Yes. Two more times. And two more miscarriages. Correct. So a total of five miscarriages. Mm -hmm. And at that point, while you're going through that, so you, you get married, your, your husband says, hey, let's, let's have some time to ourselves before we start trying. Um, then you hear that maybe he's not on the same page and wanting to have kids. He's content with just you, mm -hmm. which says a lot about you. <laughs> um, but that wasn't your plan. You had always dreamed about being a mom. Correct. You start, you start trying later than you had expected in life. Five miscarriages, specialists and fertility doctors. Um, where are you at with God at this point? What's coming out of your heart? I was angry. I was confused. I thought Scott and I had done everything right. I had submitted. Um, I just didn't know why it was happening. I had no idea. Even though I was so much older, I had no idea. Why wasn't it? Why weren't things working? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you had a lot of people praying for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. To have somebody carry your burden is huge, huge, huge. Did you also wrestle with feelings that, like, maybe I did something wrong that God is punishing me for? Was there any of that in there? Um, more something was wrong with me rather than a punishment. Got it. So I had done something wrong, something back in my past, um, something in Scott's past, but mostly it was about me. Got it. And how, what, did, what kind of effect did this have on, on you and, and Scott's relationship? Well, I think it was a lot of strain. We, we couldn't even talk about having a family together. We had to shelf that and go to counseling so that we could talk about that subject. And six days of the week, we wouldn't talk about it. We'd talk about something else. Mm. So it was a big strain. And when because I, you wanted to keep trying. Oh, yeah. And he was and feeling like, hey, let's... To foster, to adopt, anyway, because gotcha. I'm supposed to be a mom. So I was going to make it happen. Yeah, and then you guys did start the adoption process, right? We did. We did. Mm -hmm. And how far into that did you get? Um, we got quite a ways. We did classes. We had to make a photo album. Our caseworker came to check the house, and we wrote a check. So the next point was going to be to meet families. Okay. Now, through, through these years, I think you had told me it was seven years of trying to get pregnant, seven years. Uh, here was one of the scriptures. Uh, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you, for I am the Lord your God. This was another one that was significant to you that God used to, to speak to you during, during that time, I think. You had said, um, how did he reveal himself to you? 
with the anger, with the feeling of what's wrong with me? Um, did, didn't I do everything right? How come, how come you're not giving me what I always wanted? How did he reveal, how did he comfort, him, uh, comfort you? Um, there would be moments of peace. Like um, after our third miscarriage, Scott was more upset than I was, and I just felt this feeling of, of peace and content. And I don't know why, but it was there. And, uh, or someone would come up to me at work and have had a similar experience and just be there for the support and the hug that I needed at the time. Yeah. So it was moments throughout. Yeah. Now looking back, any, any lessons that you learned during that seven years of uncertainty? Um, that I have an anger problem, that I <laughs> isolate. <laughs> I get angry and then I isolate, um, which cuts everybody out and God working through them out and leaves you with nothing. Mm. So, I, you know, it's a big lesson. Yeah. So let's move on to the next chapter. After five miscarriages, you, you got pregnant again. Um, can you tell us about that? And Camille, I just want to, sorry, I'm just going to be controlling here. Hold that a little closer up there. Um, you get pregnant. You're in the adoption process. Yes. You cut a check. You paid a few thousand dollars, correct? Yes. Um, and then you find out you're pregnant again, which, was that surprising? It was, because it had been a while since the last two miscarriages, and um, we were pursuing adoption. Um, we went on a vacation, and I can't tell you how many pregnancy tests I've taken, but um, I took one before we left, just because it was the day to take one. And um, it said that I was pregnant, but I didn't believe it, so I took it again in the morning, and it said I wasn't, and then we went on vacation. It was when we got back from vacation that I took another test. I was sick on vacation, and I had to call the agency to say, I'm pregnant. Mm. which is one of their rules at the time that you had to let them know if something happened and um, which didn't make sense because if I'm pregnant and we're adopting that's perfect I'll have two they're working on our family but they uh, immediately close your case and put it away until after you're through your pregnancy even if there's a chance that you miscarry again well, they just want you to reach out to them again gotcha. and start it up. So you went or scheduled the ultrasound? Yes. Yeah, I called my doctor who had been there all along, and he, he um, I told him I didn't feel pregnant, and um, he said, well, you know, uh, knowing my history, he wanted me to call him if I started bleeding and to come in right away. So we made an appointment for us to come just to check. But um, I was scared. I didn't want to see another ultrasound without a heartbeat. So Scott took off a day from work, and I chickened out. We didn't go. You didn't go to the ultrasound. Mm -mm. Which I regret, because that was the very first ultrasound that Scott would have seen. So he didn't see that first one. I saw the first one. So Yeah, so you rescheduled it, but didn't make a big deal out of it. Correct. Scott wasn't there for that. Correct. And what did they see? 
this um, beautiful little form with legs and arms and a spine. He was over 10 weeks. So, hmm. it's about fell off the table. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do? I about fell off the table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I called Scott right away, and it was a blur after that. Wow. He showed up. So. Were you guys ecstatic? Were you nervous? Were you scared? Like, what, what, had any of the prior five miscarriages, had they, how far did they get? We had a 12-week at one point, okay. but this was the, the, the best ultrasound we'd had. Okay. So you were ecstatic. Yeah, very. But afraid. Yeah. And then at 20 weeks, you found out. Yeah. So we had to go to a specialist because of my age and my history. And um, it was there that they said that this is not good. What did they... So she didn't say abortion, but she just kept saying, you know, what are you going to do? Now's the time. What are you going to do? And again, Scott was not there because we'd had now several ultrasounds since that first one, and everything was great with the doctor. But um, it was a specialist who just, I don't think she looked at my chart because there's no way I would do something at this point. And I don't know why she didn't know that, but... What did they see that concerned them? Uh, there was something on there about the measurement on his neck that wasn't how it should be. And so... Um, and what, what does that indicate? Like, what did that mean? It indicated some chromosomal problem and that um, a whole bunch of infants with this would not make it very far. So that was a bad day. Yeah. Now how, you're, how are you feeling to God? I mean, it's... Did it feel like God tricked you in a way? Um, I don't think tricked, but it was overwhelmed with, you know, why is this happening? Why is this happening? And um, at the time, we belonged to another church. We went right to our church office, and they prayed. Um, my fear never went away, um, but it just meant so much that they were there. Mm. And, then, and then what? We went back to the specialist and saw another specialist who the, the measurement was gone, mm. it was completely gone. So he, uh, so that was a good sign that it was gone. And he still wanted to do an amnio um, just to see if there was anything that we would need to be prepared for and we agreed that we wanted to be prepared for whatever was there. So we did the amnio. And, found out about the Down syndrome. Okay. So you found out that the baby that is living has Down syndrome. Yes. And that was a definite. That was... Yes. Yeah. So how did you guys take that news? Well, um, not well. I was at work. I was very um, angry, disappointed, thinking of all the people I had seen in my past. Um, and when Scott shared that it was not anything that he wanted, so it was, it was tough. It was really yeah. tough. Really tough. You didn't have the best pregnancy, right? And you ended up in the hospital. It was no morning sickness, thank the Lord, but um, I had a lot of bleeding, so I ended up in the hospital early um, for 
three weeks, and Ben came at 33 weeks. Mm. This is a scripture that you said spoke to you in the hospital. You were reading mm-hmm. the Bible. You had a lot of time yeah. from Ecclesiastes 520, for he will not often consider the years of his life because God keeps him occupied with the gladness of his heart. What's the significance of that? How did, that, how did God speak to you through that? Um, all along I'd been told that, so it was my fault, I had old eggs, and this scripture just says it doesn't matter, I'm going to give you joy, and he did. Mm. He, he gave me that baby that I always wanted. Yeah. So... So Ben came along. Yeah, tell us. Let's move on. Tell us about that. Ben's birth. What did that do for you guys as a couple? How, how did uh, God surprise you with him as, as a gift? I, I think it really melded us. He, um, he, he was in the hospital for 31 days because he wouldn't suck, wouldn't drink anything. Um, so Scott and I just kept managing the house and work and being in the hospital every day. And I just think it, it sort of helped us start working together on our new project. And, um, and it, it was good. He, it, it just was good. Everything about it kind of helped bring us back together and get rid of that area that we couldn't talk about or, you know, we're both on equal plane now. Yeah, yeah. And how, how, was, how does, you, you described Ben as the, the perfect child for, for you and Scott. What, what did you mean by that? Um, Scott doesn't like the word perfect, but um, because <laughs> he reached his milestones so slowly, took him so long, we're older, took us a long time to figure out what we were doing, <laughs> even with a lot of help. So you guys were all on like the same pace. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He has a, a great sense of humor that people don't really see. He, he's a buster. He, he, even now when we're brushing teeth, he'll, um, I know he's trying to tell me a joke, and he'll say a few words, and it'll make a funny sound, and he'll laugh, and he'll just keep laughing and laughing, and I can't brush his teeth. Um, but, yeah, so he's a lot like us. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, something happened with your stepdad, right? Yeah, so my parents have been part of an evangelical church for a while, and um, all our prayers for my parents, they didn't really seem to have a statement of faith, a real change in their hearts, but when Ben came, they live in Missouri, uh, my dad just stood up without my mom knowing and said, I believe, I believe this is what happened with my grandchild, and um, so that was really neat. And then my mom was shortly thereafter. So the miracle of Ben led to your stepdad trusting in Jesus. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. It is. He used to like crop circles. <laughs> so <laughs> now he's a believer. Wow. Which is really neat. Really wow. Neat. Wow. Camille, what are the unique challenges currently of having, uh, raising a child with, with Down syndrome? What are some of those still uh, uncertainties, those question marks, things that um, you still wrestle with, the anxieties that you still have? What he'll do in the future without us? Um, Will he ever look both ways before crossing the street? Um, Will he ever be abused? How can we plan for our life and plan for his entire lifespan? How do we do that? How do we help others communicate with him? Mm. 
Yeah. What do you do with those fears, concerns, worries? Well, either wallow inside or um, try to share that with another mom or someone else. I tend to want to just be alone, but that's not where I need to be. Even last night at the Bernie's, I met a mom who has two children with Down syndrome, and I'd met her years ago. And it was just really nice. And Joanne told me about another resource, and so you just never know the people that walk into your life. And I really think that God has orchestrated all that, mm. especially when I'm at my lowest. Mm. So you've experienced him using you to comfort others with the comfort that you've received from him. So, I think so. Hmm. But it's still a struggle on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, Camille, I, um, as we kind of prepare to, to, to wrap it up, um, I, uh, let's go here. For those who are facing a life they didn't plan or a season they didn't plan or situations they didn't plan, um, what did you learn about contentment? What did you learn about fighting your way out of self-pity and anger? What did you learn over the course of this, this journey as a mom? Um, that I can't do it by myself. That it's not God's plan for me or for anyone. And it doesn't glorify him. It doesn't help my husband and my marriage. It doesn't help my child. And it's a fight. It's just a fight. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go back to this scripture from Psalm 139, 17. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Can you speak to us about that? That last scripture? Um. Tomorrow doesn't have to look like today. Today can be completely, tomorrow can be completely different than today. And it's what I do today that impacts tomorrow. So when I don't get what I want, maybe I've got exactly what God wanted me to have. And with Ben, he causes me to talk to him all the time and to be comforted by him like no one else can comfort me. And there's so many other people that are going through hard times. This is not the only thing. There's so many other things. There's death and cancer and infertility and whatever. Um, we have to keep seeking him to fill us up, even if it's just for that next hour, next moment. Because being alone is... Not what he wants. Hmm. Hmm. Thank you for sharing this. You're welcome. Um, there's one scripture that I added in this morning. I was just thinking and praying for our time together. Um, it's in Romans 8.16. It says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And I, I want to pray this over our moms um, 
we're going we're gonna to spend a little time worshiping God. We've, the band's going to lead us, and we're going to have a prayer team down front. And Scott and Camille will be among them. They'll be available to pray with anyone, man, woman, mother, father, anyone, going through any time where there's a struggle, where there's those feelings of, God, what the heck? Did you, did you forget about me? Did you, did, you, did you miss this prayer of mine that we talked about for so many years, that this was supposed to be the plan? Uh, so we'll pray for anybody, and Camille will be among them. But I want to pray specifically for the moms, because one thing, I've, I've, I'm not a mom, I never will be, um, and, and there's something about the, the soul of a mother uh, that I know is different um, than even the, the soul of a father. And it, it, with all due respect to the moms, um, one weakness that I've seen as a pastor over the years is that mothers have a tendency, and Camille, you can rebuke me if I'm off here. You have the mic. You can do it. But there's a tendency for moms to put their identity as a mom above their identity as a daughter of God. And so I want to pray that the Holy Spirit who lives in all of you who belong to Jesus, that he would testify with your spirit that you are God's children. And so can I just ask the moms to stand and this includes moms who have been through loss. Maybe, you've been, maybe you're in that journey of miscarriages and you don't have a child that you're holding yet, but you have been a mom who has lost and grieved. Would you stand? And um, Camille, you stand too. I'm going to pray for you. You're included in this prayer. God, this is your promise, that the Spirit testifies with our spirits that we are your children. Yes, God. And, and as children, we're heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And that means that you're going to redeem everything that happens to us. That means you're going to comfort us in anything that we're going through. It means that whatever failures we've faced as a mom, whatever sin comes out of our hearts on a daily basis, God, you forgive and you cover with grace and you don't hold that against us. But you're always on our side. You're always up to our good. You're always shaping and molding us. And so, Holy Spirit, remind these, these women that they're your children. They're your daughters. They're your daughters. I ask this in Jesus' name because of what Jesus has done. And I ask this for Camille, too, in those moments where she struggles. Like all, everyone, remind her, Jesus. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Camille, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thanks.